Welcome to the Toxin Terminator, helping people to restore and renew their health by removing the toxins from the home and their lives. Join in as industry thought leaders help you understand the physical and emotional effects these products can have on you and your family, and the safe alternatives you can use to remove the hidden toxins for renewed health. Now, please welcome your host, the Toxin Terminator herself, Amy Carlson. If we burn ourselves, we cannot heal that burn if we are still on the flame, right? That would be silly to put salve on a burn and then put our hand right back on that stove. The same is true for healing our bodies. If you've changed the way you eat and are moving your body daily, but still lacking that energy and in constant pain, and you can't lose the weight, then maybe it's time to remove your hand from the fire. If this is something you need help with, go to transformingwomenshealth.com and click on Vitality Accelerator. We are helping women boost their body's natural detox, accelerate fat loss with ease, and reverse aging naturally. Why are we offering this? Well, number one, community. We are 95% more likely to achieve our health goals when we are surrounded by like-minded women. Genes are not our destiny. We know through these steps we can prevent and reverse chronic disease. No more guesswork and no more gimmicks. We know working with an expert coach gets us results faster with simple lifestyle changes. And lastly, the new normal. This last year has taught us how important our health is. Now is the time to revitalize. Check us out at transformingwomenshealth.com and click on Vitality Accelerator. Nick is our EMF guy. If you want to know anything about EMFs, he's our guy. And so we're going to talk about this because I like to call it the invisible toxin. It is. You know, it's, it's all around us and people have no idea how it's affecting them. So maybe we start there. Sure. You know, how are EMFs really... And, and what are EMFs? Sure. Let's, so EMFs, it's electromagnetic fields or electromagnetic frequencies. I like to talk about it in terms of electropollution these Ooh. days because it's it's very intuitively people understand. You know, they, they know about air pollution. Right. WHO says, I, if I recall correctly, it's it's more than 5 million people per year who die from air pollution alone. Wow. So we know it's a problem. We know it's there. Sometimes you see air pollution. Sometimes you don't. When you see it, it's a, it's a big shock and people can really relate to it. Oh my God, it's like black smoke, right? But we don't deny that it's there, even though sometimes it's invisible. You're in a city and the smog is high. You don't see anything in particular. The problem with electropollution is that it's always invisible. And a lot of people just think it does nothing. In reality, it is, uh, it is a type of environmental toxin, if you want to take it like that. Right. And it is stressful to the human body. And why do we know that? Well, one indication is the fact that now it's been classified as a class 2B carcinogen since 2011. Really? So that was 10 years ago. Okay. And that's a radio frequency radiation. That's a computer in front of us with Wi-Fi, for example. It could be a Bluetooth smartwatch. It could be a cell tower or the cell phones or a tablet. All these wireless devices and microwaves. Yeah, microwaves, exactly. Smart meters. So, Mm -hmm. all these new meters that count uh, how much water you're taking and how much gas or how much electricity, all of them are becoming 
now with wireless signals, even hospitals, like mm -hmm. every machine out there is not wireless, but all these signals, it's a class 2B carcinogen. That's a possible carcinogen. And that's based on the science in 2011, but now the science has evolved and major studies have come out. So many scientists who were in this decision in 2011 at the WHO say, well, based on the same criteria, looking at the new evidence, mm -hmm. it should be reclassified a class one carcinogen. So if we take the science today as we're recording this, technically speaking, it's almost the same thing as smoking or asbestos. It's just a matter of time be before policy catches up on the science, but right. this is what the science says. But that's not what you hear. That's not what you hear from public health authorities, not even doctors, even people in holistic medicine, a lot of them miss that factor and say, oh, maybe it's a small factor and it plays a role. It, no, it's a carcinogen. So we have to treat it as such. So how do you, what do you do with a carcinogen? Well, in our society, we adopt the, we adopt, we're supposed to adopt the precautionary principle, which states, well, if an agent doesn't bring immediate benefits, you should try to minimize it. So of course, there are benefits to using wireless, it's convenient, but in many situations, you could use a wired solution. Now we're traveling or in a conference is different, but if you're back at home and you have a home office, you can have an ethernet cable that goes to your mm -hmm. computer, to your router, and your router can be turned off, that, that Wi-Fi function. So there's a lot of ways to minimize exposure. And, you know, in nuclear radiation or other types of radiation that we know are harmful, for example, x-rays, right? Okay. What do they uh, do? What do they do? They do a principle called ALARA, mm -hmm. as low as reasonably achievable. Right. And they're also very keen on, on uh, uh, when it comes to medical use of, of ionizing radiation, such as x-rays, they're very keen on calculating that risk-benefit ratio. So maybe if you with something, you have to get an x-ray, they're okay with it. If it's your 12th x-ray this year, maybe the doctor is going to be, you know what, we're going to wait a little bit and because we know there's harm. Each right. time it's a hit to your DNA right. and it will cause that, that, that shock, that oxidative damage to your body. The problem is that this radiofrequency radiation doesn't have the same power to it, the same punch, but long-term has similar effects as these x-rays. Right, which in, in, in when we're talking long-term and we're talking Wi-Fi, for example, yeah. everybody is Wi-Fi now. Exactly. Right? So you're exposing yourself to this every single day and the compounding effect yes. over yeah. the body is what is the carcinogenic property to it? Yeah, term? exactly. Okay. So it's oxidative damage over time. What it does to the body? Well, it will deplete your antioxidant reserves. There's many studies on that. It will uh, lower energy production over time, mitochondrial function, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, it, so just like other toxins, it's very similar to mold and other toxins that the problem is uh, mold, you could be exposed, but even then some people leave the home and are exposed maybe eight, 12 hours per day. But EMS, it's 24 seven unabated uh, ubiquitous exposure. And that's really the problem with this particular agent is the public um, misunderstanding and even doctors, even scientists that do not study the field, study other fields like physics and say, oh, no, no, there's no effect. There cannot be effect. They don't understand the biophysics. Right. 
those who do say, well, clearly there's an effect. So for example, if you take the studies published in elasticity of stress and EMFs show a correlation, yes, these EMFs cause oxidative damage. They cause also DNA breaks that we know need to be repaired. And there's a family of enzymes called the uh, P, uh, PARP, the PARP enzymes okay. that repair DNA. Over time, they suck up all your mitochondrial energy. So over time, it's just leading to, well, whatever lowered mitochondrial energy can lead to anything, really. Right, so disease. Disease overall, right. so a, a lower amount of resilience, if you will. Mm -hmm. But in, in very simple terms for people, most people experience loss of great sleep. Uh, and that could be fairly immediate. You sleep right next to a router, for example, some people toss and turn, and you remove that router, they feel okay. So they can see the difference day and night, especially those that are uh, slightly more sensitive. Right. But this varies uh, for everyone. But okay. many people can feel the symptoms, but many people don't realize they were sensitive to begin with unless they start removing the agent, right. just like, you know, it happened with, with me when I started eating healthy, you realize how better you feel when you <laughs> stop eating the junk right. is the same thing. So it's by removal of that agent that it really makes a difference. So my overall message and why I've been doing this for now about five years full time after a background in nutrition and I did talk about glyphosate and, <laughs> you know, all the other toxins out there, I was aware of it and I'm concerned about these other toxins too. But I decided to go just with EMFs because a lot of people say, tell me and try to argue with me, no, there's no effect. Well, we, we don't argue now that eating arsenic, eating more arsenic doesn't serve you well. You should eat less of it. And right. as our ability to eat no arsenic is almost none because it's ubiquitous, it's in the environment, we breathe it in. So right. we should try to minimize. But when it comes to EMFs, it's, it's that thing that, I, I think it has to do with, you know, no one is in love with arsenic, but everyone is in love with their phone. Right. So they that's a become, difference. Right. It's a lifestyle. You're asking them to shift and change their lifestyle, right? That's, that's a, a, an uncomfortable shift. Uh, and we live in a society where, you know, we're now installing new networks, the 5G networks. A lot of people have been talking about those. For me, it's, it's more of a bad thing that we had 4G. Uh, and then 3G and every G, G stands for generation before it. Now we're installing 5G, more antennas, more power, more machines, more problem, right. more electropollution. So in my mind, it's just more of a bad thing. And this is where society is moving. So we're pretty much try, I'm trying to argue that smoking is bad in a society where everyone is starting to smoke move forward so it's difficult it's yeah. like it, it's very unpopular right. as an idea <laughs> right. because the entire society even when we talk about biohacking or what we see here at this conference it's a lot of gadgets that can be connected wirelessly yeah so you add more and more of the same problem some companies are aware of it you know this is a Oura ring yeah. Oura ring is aware that you can put it on airplane mode so it means that the information is stored locally inside the ring. So they have, I don't know how they do it because it's so small, but they're geniuses in what they do. Well, there's little, there's yeah. little. Little processors and yeah. hard drives inside <laughs> and they store the data. And then it means that all day it can monitor my functioning and I only open the Bluetooth function and that signal for the 30 second I need it. And, and then download it. Yeah. yeah, I don't need to have Bluetooth pulsing here or pulsing, uh, maybe I'm sleeping like this, you know, it's gonna be pulsing right. near my face. Well, so that's why I don't like the Fitbits. 
you know, because I don't either. I, I feel yeah. like that's, it's, it's definitely changing the energy of your body. We've got this energy that's flowing through our body. And when we talk stuff like that, it's interrupting them. Yeah. It's, it's affecting them. Well, consider this, you know, there's many technologies that I've seen here at the conference that are light-based or PEMF, pulse electromagnetic field-based. These technologies use frequencies that are known to impact us. For example, blue light might give me, uh, remove the winter blues, for example, that, okay. that seasonal affective mm -hmm. disorder. Uh, red light might help my mitochondrial energy, but all these frequencies are picked. And, and very intentional. It's not random frequencies, right? right? So right. it's very specific frequencies that have been studied for their healing properties right. through many mechanisms that have been identified in science. A cell phone doesn't use the frequencies that have been, that are known to either be neutral or to help the human organism or any living system. Right. Why did they pick the, these frequencies? Well, it's a matter of circumstances and then it's optimized for better connectivity right. and they don't want your cell phone to connect with the neighbor's cell phone or to interfere. So it's a matter of electromagnetic um, compatibility between devices. Right. But what about electromagnetic compatibility with our electrical field? Electrical field? Right. And the electrical field in every cell. And what about the human body that is bioelectrical? Right. So it shows that the engineer... Even there's no really there's no there's no doctor on the team of engineers. They just say, well, it doesn't do anything, so it's very convenient. We can just yeah. do business as usual. In reality, we need people who understand biology to help engineers start reducing the problem. Mm -hmm. And maybe our cell phones could be orders of magnitude safer. I do believe that. Yes. But we would have to acknowledge a problem first. We're not even there. <laughs> no. Toxins are the number one contributor to disease and inflammation in the body. But where are they? It's confusing, overwhelming, and downright exhausting. Grab my free ebook at bit.ly TWH Blacklist, where I'm going to walk you through the kitchen, the laundry room, the bathroom, and the bedroom, giving you exactly what to avoid. Well, and then, and then it becomes a cost issue, too. Right. Yeah. Anytime we're looking at something that we need to make it safer and healthier for the body, oh, yeah. it is it's not cost effective because you know, we have to uh, actually you know find products that are going to make it safer. No, it's going to cost right? millions yes. to these companies to to really uh, adapt that and you know do the studies to figure out what is the right frequency to use. Is it too much? Is it not enough? And they feel it there, it's not their responsibility. Right. The tech space is, isn't willing to self-regulate. Right. Like maybe it happened with uh, people who extract uh, uh, ore or, or I heard about these stories where large industries decided to self-regulate. They, they realized that the rules in place by governments weren't sufficient and that long-term, the amount of pollution that they spewed in the, in the environment would cause them as an industry but it has to be very circumstantial. Most industries are about profit and mm -hmm. they're not willing to take the hit and spend a hundred million per year studying health effects when it's gonna hurt their bottom line if they do find problems with their product. Right. So it's it's really, it's that plus uh, regulatory capture, unfortunately. And we've seen it with other topics with 
uh, my God, what's happening? Anyway, specifically <laughs> with the entire COVID thing, there's many, oh. many big pharma and, and regulatory, you know, regulatory capture at many levels right. on a lot of industries. And I talked with uh, Bobby Kennedy, Robert F. Kennedy yes. Jr. Yes. During a summit I put together that's uh, launching very soon. And uh, he told me that the FCC, the Federal Communication Commission, mm -hmm. that's supposed to regulate the mm -hmm. cell phone industry and these mm -hmm. wireless telecommunication companies, it's the textbook example of regulatory capture. The head of the FCC is someone who used to work for the lobbyist group for the telecoms. And this is how it goes. The FCC is essentially a front group for the industry to allow them to do business as usual. And they have zero person who knows about health, right. zero doctor. Right. So now they can claim there's no health effect, but when they're asked, well, how did you come to that conclusion? They say, well, uh, it's not our responsibility to talk about health, it's the FDA responsibility, right? right? Because that's a consumer put product. Over, put it over on And then the FDA shoots that over to the NTP, the National Toxicology Program that was supposed to uh, well, had to help, mm -hmm. and they did, and they did a large study. It cost uh, U.S. taxpayers $30 million, and it took 20 years to complete, and did in 2018, and the conclusion was this is a definite carcinogen. can get more definitive than that, right. and at the moment, the FDA is still completely silent on these results, so it's been swept under the rug, but again, there's no, there's no one really competent enough at the FDA to do, like, what do we do with this hot potato? So it's very, at the moment, everyone wants to, doesn't want to take the hit, like whose responsibility is it? Oh. And, and, and why is it that we're allowed to be exposed to this type of radiation at orders of magnitude higher than in certain other countries? The, and the, that is safe for us. So as a consumer, yeah. right, we, we're like, all right, you know, just, the average person like myself, I, I sit and listen to how many different toxins are out there and EMF <laughs> being a huge one that, that it's, it's blowing up in our face, right? Mm -hmm. So it's there, it's not going anywhere. You know, we know that the governmental agencies aren't doing their jobs, you know, to help protect us as consumers. So what can we do inside of our homes as a mother? How can I protect my family the best way that we can, starting from things that we can do that are free to, yeah. you know, do you have like, you know, particular things that you recommend? For sure, for okay. sure. So we developed um, with Brian Hoyer a course called Electropollution Fix. And um, I'll, I'll tell you all the free things that are included in there. It's a more, it, it's a complete course where it goes room by room, for example. But okay. the short story is we developed a system called the 3D system. Okay. It goes for First, it's, it's the order of priority to try to reduce your EMF exposure because yes, there's many sources and it becomes a bit overwhelming to think about all those. Like, what do I get rid of? What do I turn off? How do I do it? So it's downtime, duration, and distance. The okay. downtime stands for when are you uh, switching your nervous system to that parasympathetic mode? Okay. And mainly at night. It right. could be when you exercise, maybe you do yoga, maybe you do meditation, maybe you're eating, right? You right. want to relax. At all these times, you try to minimize EMF. So it means that you look at your bedroom and if you have two phones, one on each uh, nightstand, and then you have a laptop and you have maybe the Bluetooth thermostats. And I'm not kidding. Some TV. people have 15 to 20 different wireless devices in their bedroom alone you try to turn all of these off at night. And this is your first priority because 
one of the main mechanisms that could even explain the long-term cancer risk would be a reduction in your ability to recover, to repair your DNA, and to have uh, normal levels of melatonin. It could also interfere with your production of the melatonin hormone and one of the most important sleep hormones. That is also one of the most important cancer protective hormones for men, all, all cancer types, basically. All right. So there's one mechanism that you want to think about. The second one is duration. So of, of course, you should be spending, technically speaking, six to eight hours in your bedroom per night. So that's a very important room to take care of. However, if you're also working at home, many people are, I am these days, maybe eight to 10 hours I'll be spending in that office. Well, it's a second room that is very important because cumulative exposure of Wi-Fi in my face for 10 hours per day times how many years will I be working like this? Right. 70 years? Right. <laughs> I hope so. Right. I'm 34. I hope over 100, right? My, 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 my lifespan. So I want to reduce that exposure. So that's why if you have an office environment, you have to consider going wired. Right. So you plug, you have different dongles on it. This one, we have USB-C. So you would have a USB-C to Ethernet cable. Right. So I That's have, what you yeah, right. Yeah. And I actually have a device that plugs in to another piece here where I can actually put a Cat5 cable yeah, right into exactly. it. So I, I'm, I'm direct wired yeah. in here. You could do um, that. Now, let me ask you a question, though, because my understanding is that even if I turn my, my cell phone off, that I'm still getting the EMFs. And so is it the airplane mode that we want to turn it into? Well, when it's completely off, you should be fine, to be, okay, to be honest. Okay, so if it's off, it, we're okay. Well, you should be fine. I've heard, <laughs> can the NSA still spy on you? That's another question. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a cybersecurity expert. Some people claim that. I don't know if that's accurate. I, I don't turn it off personally. I put airplane mode. And when it's on airplane mode, you got to make sure there's many different types of signal that can come off a phone. You could be connected to the 4G antenna, so that's a cellular network. You could be connected to Bluetooth right. to pair with uh, headphones or, right. dip, or even your computer for certain uses, and Wi-Fi. Right. So you got to make sure when, when it's on airplane mode, you could technically also be on Wi-Fi. So you're, you're on airplane mode, but you open the Wi-Fi back up. So it's a bit technical. You just want to make sure that everything says it's off. So the cellular is off, right? Or airplane mode, the Wi-Fi is off and the Bluetooth is off. Okay. And one way to verify that would have to be to have an EMF meter. Uh, and that's an investment, but that's a good tool because you're able to tell if you hear it screeching, you know, it gives you a, a sound indication of the radiation. So you know, okay, there's something with my phone that's wrong. So. To get it right, you can have a meter, but normally speaking, airplane mode, it's its the first step to try to hit that button more often than not during the okay. day and night. So we've got downtime, duration, and... Distance. Distance. Distance, again, it comes down to what are you doing during the day uh, with that phone, for example. If you have it on your person, you don't want to keep it too close to your body. Right. Oh, how so, many people do I see, especially women? Yeah, it's it, it's we all the time. We stick it in our bra. We stick it in our exactly, pocket. and and you really choose. You choose what cancer you want to catch. I don't want to see it like this. That is a bit depressing. And sorry, it, I need to it, drink some water. But it, you know, I, I've seen reports from California with different uh, women having uh, bizarre tumors of a quadrant uh, in in the breast tissue that is very unusual as, but as it's far as rare in there. and it's where they were uh, a phone several hours per day. Yeah, makes you really think. So 
Uh, there's brain tumors associated with it and now thyroid cancer. And you know, the fastest increase in cancers are in our youth, especially, I, I think it's 20, 20 to 30 years old. So it's pretty much my generation. And now that I turned 34 and it's, it's the cancers of the groin area, testicular cancer. Okay. Uh, and then you think phone in the pocket, maybe it's probably a strong contributor. So if a phone gives you head cancer here, what do you think it does if you put it somewhere else? Logically speaking, we should not have any EMF emitting devices just based on that science touching our body ever, which is, yes, I'll, I'll give you that. It's a difficult thing to do. All right. All right. So we talked about, oh my gosh, getting kind of loud here, but we've got uh, EMFs. We're calling it the invisible killer mm -hmm. uh, because that's exactly what it is. We've yep. talked about um, what is causing it. We've talked about what it is. We've talked about the distance. Uh, distance duration and downtime. And downtime. Yes. Um, those are the great things. Is there any particular device like that could give you good protection inside your home or, you know, just get, turn it off? You know, it, it's there, but get, get yourself time to have fun. Yeah, there's many technologies that claim to, to be protective. You install maybe a chip on your phone and, and yeah. these kind of machines. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I have several of them. I've been sent dozens i have a list of 60 to 80 companies that have contacted me in the last years and it, it, it looks like it's a hit or miss and you know these devices or this, these gizmos and even protective pendants and all things might help reduce the symptoms associated with ems some people feel better some people who are hypersensitives if you will can go to public places just fine so they serve a certain purpose however i'm not convinced they are completely protective and since we don't know at the moment, scientifically speaking, there's a bit of uncertainty towards their effect. I wouldn't count on them as protection. They could be support. They could maybe alleviate some of the stress. However, it's to be used in conjunction and not in lieu of the reduction aspect. You know, the, the, the thing I, I say to people that are a bit skeptical about that is let's take arsenic again. If I say, well, arsenic is bringing your antioxidants level down, okay, I'll take glutathione, fine. But you should also remove, remove the arsenic, arsenic. Right? <laughs> right? And not say, oh, now I'm protected. Right. You know, I'm just gonna over supplement and then drink arsenic, I'm fine. Right. Well, you're not really fine because the toxins are not natural. Right. These EMFs are nothing natural. You know, right. we're exposed to sun rays and to radiation from space and a lot of things. However, not at these levels right. and not at these frequencies and not with all this chaos that we're exposed to. So it's nothing compared to ancestral background levels and we should aim to uh, backtrack a bit in history and go back to these paleo levels of EMS, which were um, in the incredible orders of magnitude lower than what we're exposed right. to at the moment. Right, but like you said, how far are we going to get with with doing that? So I appreciate you, um, you know, giving us. You are just a, a plethora of information. I could stand here and talk Thank to you. you all afternoon because I really like learning about this. And you know, I'm the types and terminator, so I'm teaching people how to take their hand off the fire. And this is such an important piece of it, especially in today's world. Nick, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was a you pleasure. Bet. Thank you. you. Bet. That's all for this episode of The Toxin Terminator, and we hope we've helped you remove the hidden toxins in your life for renewed health. 
If you're looking to continue your journey towards full rejuvenation, reach out to Amy directly by visiting amycarlson.com for your own one-on-one chat session, as well as your free toxic risk assessment. That's A-I-M-E-E carlson.com. And remember, you are just one small change away from renewed health.